This week on This Werewolves, we discuss John Carpenter's The Thing, and you even get to hear me talk to him for a few minutes. Swearwolves, I'm Brett. I'm David. David. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know what it is? What is it? It's the first goddamn week of winter. It is. In the Northern Hemisphere. In the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. In the Southern Hemisphere. Fuck them. But <laughs> Fuck their summer. <laughs> it's the first goddamn week of summer. Uh, yeah, no, it's the first week of winter. I know here we're recording this before the first week of winter, you know, like, I don't know, pull back the curtain, see how the magic happens. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it has snowed where I live. I know. I've been seeing lots of snowy photos from you. It's awesome. Yeah. Winter wonderland over there. <laughs> it's it's quite the, quite the departure from what uh, you have, uh, although it's been cold. It's been cold by Arizona standards lately. By any standards, I think. Uh, you know, 35 degrees yeah, in low, the morning. Low is, 30s is pretty, pretty yeah. damn cold. I've had to chip, like, I've had to scrape my car several times this week before going to work because i don't park in the garage because i'm an idiot do you use a, do you have a, a scraper i have a credit card brett okay because <laughs> they don't i don't i hear in pennsylvania they sell them like the scraper and the brush and that kind of yeah uh, happy horse shit uh in arizona they don't have those like at walmart you can't just go down and pick up a snow shovel or yeah, you gotta if improvise it snowed, if it snowed there you guys would be fucked oh yeah we'd be totally screwed people in general don't know how to drive in arizona even when it rains like people are like oh <laughs> what do we do i better drive 30 miles an hour one time i spit out the window and someone slammed on their brakes because they didn't know what to do in arizona <laughs> oh, <moisture. Like> <laughs> it was awful uh but it snowed here it's a winter wonderland we talked about this like what movie we were going to do and uh, for this week you know we had our christmas episode last week and you know to round out the year and we thought about a new year's eve type of movie and everything but there was a movie that we've talked about since i think episode one yeah like pretty early on and we actually did an episode i want to say it was like episode, episode four maybe yeah three or four we talked about this movie yeah but we never really fully reviewed the movie we never went through it like we do now with the beats right. and you know, all that happy horse shit. I've said happy horse shit now twice. So it's my new favorite phrase. <laughs> I'm going to use it later. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I, I don't know why that's in my head, but whatever. I like it. Happy horse shit. Try saying happy it today. horse shit, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we never have done that. So, you know, to, to stop bearing the lead, any the thing. Let's do it. 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing. Now, this movie, before we talk about the movie itself, let's talk about your first experience with this movie. And you've said it on the podcast before, probably in that episode, but we've been doing this for four fucking years now. So <laughs> maybe someone just 
hit play and this yeah. is the first episode they're listening to. What if my story completely changed because I just made it up the last time and I yeah. and I forgot and I made up a new <laughs> version. <laughs> that would be awesome. No, I remember I was probably eight years old-ish and I remember um, my mom, I think, had gone to bed and I asked my dad, I was like, hey, can we watch something scary? And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, and, I, and I, he probably suggested like a couple like kid-friendly movies and I was like, no, no, something really scary. Like, what's it like, what's a really scary movie? And he was like, ooh, I got one for you. And then he went and grabbed the, was we had it on a VHS. He went and grabbed it and we watched it. And then I was just Did he have mesmerized. the actual VHS? No. Did he have the act? No, I think it was, it was a- I think it was Macrovision uh, <laughs> taped off of a, a rental or something. <laughs> Pan and scan. Like, it wasn't uh, off a TV though, because it, it was uncut. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, wow, they said fuck. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your first experience was the TV version of it? Because we know we both know what the TV <laughs> oh, yeah, version we, is like. Yeah, or the one with the. Are you talking about the one with the narration? Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, this like, movie's weird. Copper, Doctor Copper, resident doctor. <laughs> this is McCready, helicopter pilot. Got a bad chip on his shoulder, and <laughs> <laughs> this is Bennings. He's impotent. His dick doesn't work. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't think that's in the script, John. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> what we're talking about, for those of you who don't know, is that uh, the movie, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, obviously aired on TV because that's what happened back in the day. All movie went, all movies like aired on ABC at one point mm-hmm. or another. And he, uh, or he didn't do this, but the studio did a TV edit and uh, they did a narration, a weird narration it's the so there's no weird. narration in the thing no <laughs> and they introduced all the characters I, I think they go through all of them i don't know they, they go, go through, through at least most ones. of them like explaining like what their role is at, at the camp yeah, and it's a, it's just really weird because it's also weirdly like paced yeah 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 you because, don't get it all at once you get it like as like the first time you see the person yeah so it could be 15 minutes in the movie and they're like um and they're like this uh, is nalls <laughs> yeah. the cook roller skating listening to superstition he cooks the food (laughs) he likes stevie wonder so that was when you're about eight nine years old um i'm kind of the opposite i didn't see Mm. this movie when i was uh young well i was young by today's standards in my book i was in my 20s when i saw this for the first time and i remember my mom's um now husband they were just dating at the time but we were having a movie night Mm -hmm. and uh he suggested we all watch that movie. That's when your mom realized he was a keeper. <laughs> That's when she, made, she, went, she said, yes, I'm going to marry that man. I'm going to marry him. Uh, so yeah, that was the first time I had watched it. And I remember thinking, wow, I should have watched this before. Like, I don't know why I hadn't watched it, but I wasn't like a huge, huge fan. Right. I liked it, but I wasn't like a huge fan. And it wasn't until I met you, actually, and we started hanging out, and you started telling me about your undying love for the thing. <laughs> and uh, I whipped it out, and you're like, not that thing, not that thing. And I was like, <laughs> oh, away, okay. Put it away, <laughs> put it away. Um, slowly. <laughs> Take it back out. Put it back in. <laughs> put it back in, yes. <laughs> Flop it around a little bit. Do the helicopter spin. Oh, no. There's my McCready. <laughs> Where's my little helicopter pilot? <laughs> Me. Put a, put a sombrero on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, you and I, um, and we'll talk about this later, but you and I went out to Son of Monster Palooza. It was like one of the first times we had really hung out, uh, like outside of like yeah. just a group of people. And um, 
I kind of was helping you out because you had a bunch of things that you wanted to get signed. And so I was like, said, oh, I'll volunteer and carry it all for you. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. So you don't have to be encumbered by uh, all these posters and stuff. And I wasn't really collecting uh, a lot back then. And this was before the, even the podcast. Yeah. This is like 2017, I think. And uh, all the cast of the thing was there. And Wilford Brimley, probably his last show that he went to before he passed away. And uh, we went around meeting everybody. And I got to thinking when I got home, I'm like, I should watch that movie again. So I had a copy of it because I had like John Carpenter DVD set that had uh, They Live, which was my favorite John Carpenter film. And still one of my favorite John Carpenter films. But the thing was on it. So I popped that in and I was like, God damn. This is a really good film. David's right. (laughs) David's a keeper. I'm thinking I'm going to marry that man. (laughs) I'm going to marry him. (laughs) And so now, and and since that moment, I've probably watched it, I don't know, every three to six months. Same. I've seen that movie so... It's probably the movie I've seen more than any other movie. I've definitely definitely watched it four times this year alone. Yeah, I'm probably about Um, the same. (laughs) Because things were happening and I was like, oh, I want to watch that movie. And so I put it on. Sometimes I put it on just in the background. Yeah, same. As I was working on stuff. So, by the way, I couldn't find my copy. Oh, really? So, did you have to like like, uh, rent it? I had to rent. Ah, I had to rent it. And as soon as I got done watching it, you found it. I found the copy. (laughs) Of course. Fucking asshole. (laughs) Anyway, let's go through this. Uh, We'll talk more about some other uh, non movie but thing related things uh, later on. But uh, John Carpenter's The Thing came out in 1982 notoriously a flop yeah for john carpenter uh at the time but he was riding high on the hog from uh, other movies that he had um had directed and were huge successes and uh i think he got this you know opportunity to direct the thing um, a movie that he had liked when he was growing up the howard hawks version right and so uh so he did, but this movie was released on June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two. I was, but five. I just turned five years old. By the Aww, way, eleven you. days prior, I had turned five years old. I was one. <laughs> I was about to young. turn two. I was <laughs> shitting my pants. <laughs> uh, what was the number one movie in the theater at this time, David? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know this one. It is E. T. It definitely was E. T. And E. T. was a movie that I did see. Uh, in the theater (laughs) in fact i saw it at the drive-in twice once with my mom my mom and dad were divorced i saw it once with my mom and once with my dad i fell asleep both times so i probably saw it in the theater i was probably like the screaming baby yeah yeah i was i was that guy oh uh number one song now you i you could go two for two you could get both of these right i don't know if you will but it's definitely a song you know okay I the one I picked. I I don't think I'm gonna get this because I think it was the number one song the day my wife was born. But she was born in August of '82, so this okay. I don't think the song had that much staying power. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm going with "Eye of the Tiger" by Survivor. Uh, that that song is fucking awesome. It is, awesome. and uh, that's from uh, Rocky Three, which. We've, I've talked about this recently. My love for Rocky. <laughs> Rocky Three is probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah. It's so fucking cheeseball at some points, but it is so fucking awesome. Dude, uh, real quick, did I ever tell you, I may have told this story before, but there was a time, it was, it was my wife's birthday, and she was coming home, and I looked up, like, that, then I saw, like, oh, that's the number one song on her birthday. So, when she got home from work, I was standing at the top of the stairs, and I had moved my guitar amplifier up there, and as she walks in, I do the digga, 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 and she's like, what are you doing? And then she shuts the door, and I go, don't. 
And she like puts her stuff down and I go, down, down, down. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, that's very that's funny. Awesome. Please put that away. And it's like, you want to see my She's helicopter like, pilot? Happy birthday. <laughs> you were naked, just the guitar covering yourself. She's like, I've never heard that song in my life. What are you talking about? Yeah, what is She's this? like, that was the number one song when I was born. Okay. Like, I don't care about it now. <laughs> The number one song was actually Ebony and Ivory by uh, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Ah, So I remember that. Now, I do remember this song and I remember the video. And for some reason, I have a memory of it being on HBO because between and, and I think it probably was because MTV wasn't if it was out, it wasn't a big deal. Um, or it was just barely coming out, but in between movies on HBO, you know, sometimes a movie would oh, be like yeah, yeah, an hour be... and 47 minutes long. Yeah. Would they yeah. Play, play some music videos? They would play shorts or they'd play a music video. And for some reason, I remember seeing Ebony and Ivory because we had HBO for yeah. some reason. Uh, I remember seeing Ebony and Ivory, the music video. And I was like, oh, this song is awesome. I was like, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder. I was a kid of the 80s. I loved them. And Stevie Wonder's got a song in this movie. This is the most we've ever talked about Stevie Wonder, I think. <laughs> it is. It is. It's probably be the, the last time we talked about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Oh, real quick. Speaking of which, Stevie Wonder has a, a song in this movie, Superstition, right? Yeah. Um, and we talked about that. Nalls pl- is playing it on the radio. Uh, recently, I purchased a jukebox. Oh, yes, you did. And it's awesome. It was kind of an early uh, Christmas present for myself and my wife, too, because she really likes it also. And I got a good deal on it. And and for those of you who are like, oh, a jukebox, somebody is, uh, you know, fucking boomer fucking, over here yeah <laughs> what are you elon musk <laughs> got a jukebox <laughs> no i i got a jukebox it was i bought it not working uh, a lady's father had passed away and apparently he used to tinker on jukeboxes mm. and whatnot and he had a few of them and this was one of them and uh, she was selling his stuff and she sold it for 250 dollars. nice which not working to me that's a good deal yeah that's a good deal I think it's a fair price. You know, some people are like a jukebox. That's a million dollars. If I do say so myself. (laughs) Uh, And it's a 1980s something era jukebox. So it's not that those cool, like bubble ones or anything, but uh, got it home. And all I had to do was like, I've worked on arcade games and pinball machines before. So I kind of know a little something easy fix. I just had to hook up the arm and put a new needle on. It worked. You're like (laughs) Mr. Fix it over here. Yeah, I was like, uh, I feel like Palmer mechanic. <laughs> exactly. Palmer. I started doing my own narration. <laughs> Brett fixes jukeboxes. Huge dick. <laughs> my wife just comes out and shakes her head. I'm going to fact check this in real time. <laughs> uh, so I was messaging David. They're bringing this up because I was messaging David and I was like, I want to get singles 45s um, that some of them I got like uh, the man behind the mask. I already had that 45 yeah. from uh, Friday 13th part six. I also bought uh Dawkin, dream warriors, but I wanted to get some songs that maybe were just songs, but they were made famous by horror movies. So David and I had this whole conversation and you said superstition and I got that. Nice. So I have that That's on cool. 45. I'm uh, jealous, man. I want a jukebox. You should get one. I, I, I have no room. But I did get jealous enough that I bought myself a new turntable after you bought your jukebox, so I, I did upgrade what I have. And then you told me you bought a new turntable, and I started looking at turntables. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Nice. We're not good for each other, David. We're we uh, <laughs> no. constantly cause each other to spend too much money. Mm-hmm. Well, the one I got, highly recommend. You should get that. It's awesome. Which, uh, yeah. 
I, I looked at that one. That one's a little bit out of my budget. Nah. You're you're kind of an audiophile. Yeah. I'm not. I'm <laughs> like I but I do want one that's better than the one that I currently have because the one that I have is kind of like an introductory like So oh, mine was. You want to listen to vinyl? Here. Yeah. Here you go. This will do that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, cool. So we'll see. Cool. Uh anyway, John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, and now I'm going to refer to it as the thing from now on, although like the real title yeah, is we John, can Carpenter's. Drop the John Carpenter. Yeah. Because they did a requel that we discussed uh, probably what, 2008, 2010, somewhere around there. 2011, I think. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. We'll just say 2010 plus or minus a few <laughs> years. And they called that movie the thing. Yeah, we're not talking Which about makes that it movie. complicated because then everybody's like, it's a remake, but it's not a remake. It's a, it's a prequel. So requel but uh, we'll just call this one the thing uh it was written by bill lancaster and based on the uh, story who goes there by john w campbell now a lot of people think that this was a remake of the howard hawks yeah the thing from outer space but it wasn't because the thing from outer space was based on this book or the story who goes there and this was more based on that story and this is very hear, similar it's more it's more closely aligned to the story yeah yeah it is uh it's really close i actually have it yeah and did I've, you read it yeah i've read it it's really good it's short yeah. too it's okay. only maybe a little a little over 100 pages it's a quick read yeah i think it's it's one of those like uh novella kind of, kind of thing like yeah like yeah. i read it in an afternoon it was good okay uh have you ever seen the thing from another planet i have i, I own it or thing from outer space yeah I yeah because what it's yeah yeah it's good i enjoyed that as well and it's yeah, got some, there's it. some nods in this movie and some similarities, but it, it, this one is definitely more like the, uh, the book. The thing was directed by John Carpenter with music by Ennio Marconi, Marconi, mm-hmm. uh, who passed away just a couple of years ago in 2020, but, uh, did music for the good, the bad, the ugly, probably one of the most notable scores that yeah. he did. But, uh, even up until recently he did the hateful eight. Yeah. He was prolific. Yeah. So he did, you know, spanned. And the hateful eight has a lot of unused cues from the thing. And they oh, used does it. it? In, yeah. So it's like, funny. It's weird. Now, if you listen to music, you can kind of hear it like, oh yeah, this definitely has uh, something in common with the thing. Now the thing, John Carpenter did not score this movie, obviously. Right. But he had some input on right. the style and the themes that he was going for. Marconi didn't see the movie, did he? No, I don't think so. I think he like gave him cues that he had kind of written just with carpenter's input yeah and i think carpenter secretly also recorded some stuff so i think there yeah. is some of him and alan howarth on the on there but i mean it's credited as morricone yeah and, and it's now you mostly can, morricone yeah but you can definitely hear the john carpenter influence on yeah. it in fact before i knew it was morricone because i was kind of ignorant to the whole thing i thought it was john carpenter it sounds like carpenter yeah other than some of the more orchestral stuff yeah like the simple thing like the main theme right Sounds very I think it's very Carpenter. Um, this movie was produced by David Foster and Lawrence Terman, and it stars, and I'm going to go through these characters. I think we should go through these characters because I think it's important. Right. Um, all these characters have a role in this movie. It's not just like, you know, guy one, guy two. There's, there's definitely purposes behind mm-hmm. all these characters. Uh, top billing is, of course, Kurt Russell plays R.J. McCready. He's the helicopter pilot. I'm not going to do the narration, but (laughs) the helicopter pilot. Uh, We got Wilford Brimley as Blair, and he's the senior biologist. 
T.K. Carter as Knowles. He's the cook. David Clennon as Palmer. He's a mechanic. Uh, Keith David as Childs. He's the chief mechanic. Richard Dysart plays Dr. Copper. He's the physician. Charles Hallahan as Norris, the geologist. Peter Maloney as Bennings, George Bennings. He's the meteorologist. Richard Masser as Clark, who's the dog handler. Donald Moffat as Gary, who's the station commander. Joel Polis as Fuchs, who's the assistant biologist. And Thomas G. Waits as Windows, who's the radio operator. The runtime of this movie is 109 minutes. Budget was $15 million. What do you think it made in the box office, David? Ooh, $15 million. Um, I'll say it made like 18 it did uh, close to that. It did uh, $19.6 million. So like I said, kind of a flop, right. but it was up against E.T. as well as other ones. I mean, 1982 was such a good year for science fiction slash horror yeah. um, that like, I think Blade Runner I came out Blade right Runner around came the same. Out, like, maybe even the same day. Yeah. And uh, there was a few other films that came out in 82 that were pretty, pretty big hits. Mm-hmm. So it had a lot of stiff competition. Hotbox. 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 Looking at the MCA video cassette release, which was probably the movie your dad stole it off of. <laughs> um, <laughs> the VHS cover art is the same as the poster cover art. If you've ever seen the poster, mm-hmm. it's pretty infamous poster. It's kind of got this uh, silhouetted image of a humanoid kind of creature, a person. And uh, they appear to be wearing like a winter jacket and gloves and whatnot. But again, it's all in silhouette, except for the face, which has like beams of light shining out on it. Um, And the top reads the ultimate in alien terror, just like the the one sheet does. The bottom, it reads John Carpenter's The Thing. Pretty, pretty simple, straight to the point box. There was other VHSs that came out. One of them had Norris's head, like kind of screaming. Another one, another one might've had Bennings. Oh, like with the like claw thing. Yeah. 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 But this is the classic one. This is the one that, that everybody knows and came out back of the box reads as follows. Oh, it does have a picture on the back of the box of like Kurt Russell. And then, uh, I think, uh, Bennings on fire. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Bennings going to burn. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Everybody dies. <laughs> Uh, okay. Back of the box reads John Carpenter, director of Halloween, the fog and escape from New York continues his phenomenal string of hits with the thing, a new version of the classic horror thriller starring Kurt Russell. It's set in the winter of 1982 at a research station in Antarctica, where a 12 man research team finds an alien being that has fallen from the sky and remained buried in the snow for over 100,000 years. Soon it is unfrozen and unleashed, creating havoc and terror as it changes forms and becomes one of them. Put this frightening story together with outstanding performances, incredible special effects by Roy Arbogast, makeup by Rob Botton, and special visual effects by Master Albert Whitlock, and you've got a movie that Time Magazine describes as horrific. Okay. (laughs) Horrific. One word review. (laughs) Well, that was one of the things that tickled me about that back of the box was, is that really really a review? (laughs) It can mean a lot of things. 
it could be it could be like that movie was horrific exactly <laughs> or uh the the makeup effects were horrific but uh that back of the box also is misleading because they don't find the alien the alien doesn't unthaw and come after them it's that's not what happens in this movie it was already found yeah i mean it happens prior it happens in the requel that came out in right, say, we don't actually see that ever happen <laughs> no so i don't know i i didn't like the write-up on the back of that i it kind of basically tells you what happens but meh that's not really the story what was the story of this movie, David? Why don't we go through this? Do it. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you lead this. You're you're pretty familiar with this movie. I did just watch it though, so I I'm took a bunch really of notes, but I could probably like, yeah, just speak the movie line by line. <laughs> no. uh, we open with like a really cool shot of a spaceship uh, flying through space, and like sparks are flying off it, so we know something's amiss, and mm-hmm. it starts to descend and crash towards Earth, and then we get uh, the, a title card that is awesome and it says john carpenter's the thing and i think they filmed it using a fish tank if i'm not mistaken like with mm-hmm. plastic lined and i think they had like fog inside of it and then they burned yeah. the plastic off so that it revealed the title yeah kind of like a garbage bag almost i think yeah. is what they melted off of it and yeah it was all done practically yeah, yeah. it wasn't there was no um like uh, computer animation that could have done this uh, there was a there's a youtube channel that i watched that recreated that effect oh, the same cool. way that's awesome. They did that. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. And we cut to... This is John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, and we get another title card. It says Antarctica, winter 1982. And right mm-hmm. off the bat, we've got a helicopter uh, that's chasing after this dog. And the dog's Question running. for yeah. you. It says Antarctica, winter 1982. Are they talking about our winter or their winter? Now, the movie came out June 25th. Yeah, so I think it's their, so that, I think it's their winter. Well, Kurt Russell even says first goddamn week of winter at one point. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're in June. Yeah. So it's <laughs> summer back where they're all from. So this helicopter's chasing after this dog. And then we kind of get, and this is how we kind of meet some of our characters. Yeah. Uh, Jed, <laughs> I think was his, was the dog's name. <laughs> Which caused David to get a husky now. And uh, your dog's name is McCready. And she's awesome. <laughs> actually the dog is a malamute i think like wolf mix or whatever but malamutes are they look just like huskies they're just bigger so okay mac our dog is a little more compact petite petite is what we like to refer to her (laughs) yes Uh, and as this helicopter chase is happening we're getting cuts kind of back and forth to the camp and this is where we start meeting some of the characters uh this is where we first i think mccready is the first guy we see and he's in his shack and he's drinking and he's playing a game of like electronic chess with adrian barbeau Oh, is that, that's her voice. That's right. It, it is. Yeah. I like this. As she wins and he takes his, uh, his whiskey or whatever he's drinking and he pours it into the machine and fries it and calls her a cheating, cheating bitch. bitch. <laughs> Cause he was kind of smug about it. He's like, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. He's like, girl, yeah. you're slipping or something like that. Cause he's, he thinks he's going to beat her. Nope. Yeah. Checkmate. No. Checkmate. <laughs> and then, so then we cut back and then we see like gunshots and they're like throwing grenades at this, this Husky. So they hear the commotion. So everybody from the camp is kind of like, what the fuck? And like heads out to kind of see what's going on. The helicopter lands. One of the guys gets out and they're speaking Norwegian and so this guy gets out. Yeah. This guy gets out and he tries to go throw a hand grenade and he goes to throw <laughs> it and it just ass. slips out like a fucking, like a water balloon and he's all, huh? and then he goes and tries to dig it up. What a dumbass. Yeah. And he tries to dig it. 
and it blows him and the helicopter up. And then uh, the guy who doesn't blow up has his rifle and he's chasing after the dog and he's yelling something in Norwegian. Yeah. And uh, none of the none of the American outpost if, guys. If just one person in that crew had spoken Norwegian, this whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah, because um, in Norwegian, he's saying, everybody run, get out of here. It's not what it appears it's to be. It's not a dog some or something like thing. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's some sort of thing. It'll kill you. Get Whatever. away. He's, he's warning them. Yeah. So if one person would have spoke Norwegian. <laughs> oh, oh, well. They didn't. <laughs> uh, he ends up uh, grazing one of them. He shoots Bennings in the leg. Uh, nope. And then Gary, uh, who's like the commander of the the camper the outpost yeah. the outpost he gets his gun and he like busts out a window and just as the guy's about to shoot uh the dog uh gary puts one right in his head so let's talk about norwegians um not good shots no <laughs> because they've been flying around for presumably a half an hour try, trying to shoot this dog oh they also can't throw a fucking grenade because one of them it slips out of his hand we talked about the other one throws it out of the back of the helicopter and it goes i don't know about five miles away from where the dog was so <laughs> they are not good but gary fucking dead shot yeah boom <laughs> got a fucking revolver busts out a window and he's all right in the head he must have played a lot of um what was that game marty mcfly played uh crack shot oh the, yeah yeah wild gunman <laughs> wild gunman use He's your a hands crack shot it's like a baby's toy <laughs> <laughs> and i like when the norwegian goes down he does a little get a little death twitch a little fish flop yeah. for us nice little touch <laughs> i like that and that's when we get the first goddamn week of winter line like kurt yep. russell's like yeah this is going swimmingly <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they get Bennings wrapped up. They bring the Norwegian inside the dog. They bring the dog inside and uh, everybody's like, what the fuck was going on? Yeah. And Gary's trying to get windows, the radio operator to like make a call out to like the mainland, presumably, I guess, or some mm -hmm. other camp to like tell him what's going on. But he, he tells us he hasn't been able to reach anybody in, in quite some time. He's like, we're out in the middle yeah, of nowhere. And he says, He's like, it's been two weeks since I talked to anybody and it's going to get worse before it gets even better. Yeah. And Gary's like, well, just keep, keep trying. The doctor, uh, copper, he says, uh, right. Cause yeah, it's copper and it's McCready copper. That yeah. Go. Cause he wants to go. He said the camp's about an hour away. Like I'd like to kind of go over there and check it out and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. And the meteorologist, uh, Norris is like, well, this is the clearest it's going to be for a while. So if or you're going to do it, right? do it now. Benning or Benning's. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Norris is the geologist. He Norris goes with them to the, yeah, the later is. when they go check out the site, uh, yeah. the glacier or whatever. And they go to the camp, the Norwegian camp. Well, first of all, McCready calls them Swedes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you really want to save all this those for Swedes? a bunch of Swedes? They're Norwegian. Like, oh, I like that that comes up a few times. Yeah. So they go to I you know what? I'm I'm Swedish and Norwegian. Nice. My ancestry. And I'm just like uh well, and I can't shoot a gun either. So uh but uh, <laughs> I'm like they're the same fucking thing. Don't say that to like an actual Swede <laughs> yeah, or yeah. an actual Norwegian, but they're the same fucking <laughs> thing. It's like it's like uh being America uh USA and Canada. Yeah. It's like we're the same thing. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, they go out to the camp and they see the camp is like fucked. It's like all burnt to shit. All the windows and doors are open. Everybody's frozen. There's a yeah, guy there's icicles who's, everywhere. There's a guy who's killed himself by slitting his own throat. 
and his wrists. And um, dude, and he didn't just slit his throat. Like he almost like he turned his head into a pest dispenser. Like he went <laughs> deep. Like he had commitment when he did that. And uh, all all of his blood that's dripping down is all frozen. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's pretty gnarly. Do they show that guy doing that in the thing remake uh, requel? Oh, I they think, have to. I think they do. I don't remember. To, right. Because there's also an ax in the, and we wall. do see that person put the ax in the wall in the prequel. We see yeah. that happen. So they did a really good job in the prequel of matching um, everything up. Ma- yeah. Matching yeah. all the details from, from the Norwegian camp. Uh, they take all their logs and everything and they find, and they put it away and then they find this fucking body for lack of a better word. Yeah. And the first and copper's like, what, what is that? Is that a man? It's like burnt and it's, like two people like fused together almost yeah. is what it yeah, looks and like. Stretched. It's like these two heads. Yeah. And they're all like gnarled, gnarled up and I don't know, but they take it, put it back on the helicopter and they go back and they bring that into the camp. Yeah. And while this and, is happening, uh, we see uh, a, a really cool shot. It's one of my favorite shots of the movie of the dog, like walking down a hallway Oh yeah. I was saying that dog can act like he hits his marks and then like turns his head and like walks in a room and we see the the shadow of one of the, the crew members kind of turn and look in the direction of the dog. So we know that dog's getting around to something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the shadow, by the way, is actually none. It's nobody. Yeah. It's just a crew member, right? <laughs> it's Dick Warlock. Oh, is it? That's awesome. It's Dick Warlock. However, it was intended to be can i guess norris because to me it looks like norris no it does Mm. look like norris but that's not who the intention was because originally it was supposed to be palmer okay and carpenter was like his profile is to you can tell who it is yeah we need to be a little more ambiguous yep so he put dick warlock who's not in the movie except for stunts right he's making nobody yep and uh, that way people can always be guessing. Because I did look that up. Because I was like, who the fuck is that? Because <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. Nobody. I was like, well, that has to be Norris. But then I was like, well, that doesn't make... I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And they return... Oh, and they also grab, while they're at the other camp, they, they grab, like you said, the logs and notes and stuff. And then they also find like, a, I think they call it a, a portable video unit or something like that. So they grab <laughs> like a bunch of tapes. Uh, yeah, and they're like, oh, this could be useful. We'll bring that back. <laughs> And, uh, and I like when they return to the camp, when we see the helicopter landing again, we see the dog like watching him like through the window. Watching like, him through ah, the window. Yeah, that was a really cool shot yeah. too. Uh, so they, they uncover this thing and then they're like, wow, that's really fucked up. And they're doing an <laughs> autopsy of it. Um, but another cool thing that happens later in the night is uh, childs and Palmer share a room. And they're just laying in bed and Palmer like lights up this fucking joint. That that's a was big about ass joint. Six inches long. My wife goes, where did he get the weed? <laughs> They're out there in the middle of nowhere. So he must have had it because he's always smoking weed. Yeah, he must have brought a, quite the stash with him. And uh, they're watching like, because they have no TV reception. So they just have a VCR and they're watching old episodes of like the game shows and shit. Price is right yeah. or some shit like that. And he's like, I know how this one ends. I've seen this one already. <laughs> it's like, I could just imagine them just like, this is what they do every night. Mm-hmm. They're just playing the same shit. Yeah, just getting and, high and watching game shows. Yeah, and then in the rec room they have a pool table, so they probably play pool. They have a pinball machine, and it's a heat wave. Yep, an old electromechanical pinball machine, and they have an arcade machine of uh, Asteroids Deluxe, and a dartboard, I think, too. So they have kind of stuff to preoccupy. Yeah, cool but setup. I'm telling you right now, if the only video game you had was Asteroids Deluxe, you would go insane. <laughs> that game's hard. It's hard, but 
there's only so many times you can play asteroids before you're like, this is fucking boring. You're like, all right, I got the gist. <laughs> yeah. Asteroids again. Oh, yeah. great. <clears throat> and the pinball machine. I mean, that's not, it's not like the modern day pinball machines, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Fucking... I never see that game get played. <laughs> Heat wave. It's just sitting In fact, there. Yeah, uh, at one point, well, busted. actually I'll say that for later, but uh, yeah. there is one thing with the pinball machine that kind of made me chuckle. It happens later. So, uh, they're all like hanging out, uh, smoking, playing poker and stuff. Yep. And, uh, you know, Bennings is sitting there like nursing his wound that he got shot in the leg and the dog walks under the poker table because they're like playing cards, like brushes against him and brushes against him. And he's like, ah, Clark, will you get this goddamn dog and and move it to the, um, the kennel, the kennel. So Clark takes it back. And now we see there's probably like, I don't know, half a dozen, maybe six or eight other dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. And he puts it in the kennel. And I was thinking, like, hasn't this guy ever read Call of the Wild? Like, you don't just put a random dog in a kennel with all the other dogs. They'll beat him up. Because that happened in Jack London's Call of the Wild. I don't know <laughs> if you're familiar with that. It's like a gang initiation. Yeah. But uh, he goes in there. And actually, all the dogs are pretty chill because they're all just sleeping. Yeah. And when Clark leaves, that dog just stands there. And he's kind of just staring at him. And they all kind it's of. It's awesome. Ooh. Just mean mugging him. Yeah. And then they all look at him and this is where we see, and they don't hide anything. They don't leave anything to the imagination. The dog starts fucking transforming into yeah. God only knows His what the fuck. face just rips open. It's like, oh, It splits shit. open like the fucking uh, Demogorgon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, all of a sudden, like the spaghetti like shit shoots out of its back. It starts spitting out green. Yeah. Like milky kind of shit. Pus. Spraying it at the dogs. It's got this long, like, fucking tentacle that's just like, and grabs one of them by, like, the throat. And it's, and then these dogs are like, fuck this shit. One starts biting at the fence. Yeah, it's trying to escape because they're locked in there. <laughs> yeah. The other ones are like, get me the fuck out of here. They're barking and howling. So uh, Clark comes back and he's like, uh, he's like, what the fuck's going on? And he looks and he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And we get a good jump scare, too, because he opens, like, he starts to open the, the gate to the kennel, and one of the dogs goes, Whoa! And like just jumps out at him and like takes and off down the away. hallway. Yep. And, uh, and yeah. And the, and the fucked up dog starts coming after him and he slams the door on it and or the cage door on it. And then McCready hears all the commotion and he goes down there. Yeah. And he's not even in the room, which I think is interesting. And he hears it and he immediately like busts, uh, takes like a can of beer and like breaks the glass and pulls the fire alarm. Yep. And, uh, he, he calls, for everybody else to get down there. Like he yeah, pulls the fire alarm and then he's like uh child's who's getting high with Palmer. He tells him like, you got to bring, um, Mac the- wants the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Did you see when all like the crew, the what? when all the crew wakes up and they're all kind of like, Oh, what the fuck's going on? Um, I've seen this movie, like I said earlier, probably more than any movie I've ever seen. Um, uh-huh. but just not this time, but the, the previous time I saw it, I noticed something for the first time. What was that? You see Dr. Copper's dick and balls what yes like when they get out of bed he's like he's just had, he just that. has a shirt on and he walks out and he's kind of like oh and you see his dick that reminds me of when i was in high school <laughs> i think i was in high school or just out of high school but i was out with my friends one night yeah. and uh i don't know why but like my car was running low on oil and i got home and i was like i gotta put oil mm-hmm. in my car like a like one of you know, like a pint of oil yeah, or yeah. whatever and i checked my oil my oil was low uh so i i start pouring the oil in there and a little bit got onto the engine 
Mm -hmm. and the engine was hot and so it started on fire oh shit and i was like fuck what do i do right (laughs) yeah so i go running in the house and i'm like um yelling for my stepdad i'm like wake up wake up and he comes out and he's like what and all he had was a shirt on (laughs) his dick his dick just bouncing <laughs> and his big old beer belly. And I was like, uh, I was like, my car's on fire. And he goes, What the fuck? And he just grabs the hose, turns it on, he sprays the car, the fire goes out, and he goes, Put this away. And he, runs, and he walked back inside. She goes, You too. The- <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What, uh, if had, what if he had a boner? Because he was, he was oh, sleeping thanks. and he had a sleep boner. Thankfully, he did not. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember seeing his dick. Yeah, so uh, next so. time you watch this movie, yeah, be on the lookout for uh, Dr. Copper's dick. You know what else about Dr. Copper that uh, I noticed was he had a he has a nose ring. Yeah. Kind of weird. It's weird. I don't know what that choice he's was. A, he's a cool doctor. <laughs> but he's not. He's an old man. <laughs> he likes to party, He's probably though. younger. He's probably younger than I am now when he filmed that movie. <laughs> he's hip, though. He's got the nose ring. He sleeps in the nude. <laughs> he's an enigma everybody everybody loves dr copper he's such a free spirit <laughs> uh, uh but, but okay, going so, back to what you said mac wants the flamethrower uh yeah so the yeah. He grab, uh, child's grabs the flamethrower and he goes down there and um dude this fucking dog creature is huge now and it's got like a couple of them like I don't know, like infused, mm-hmm. like they've come together and they're like infused. And doesn't it climb out through the ceiling? Yeah, like it busts one through the ceiling it? and like crawls away. But meanwhile, there's another dog that's like kind of Fucked transforming up. and looks disgusting. And he's like, it looks like it. a ball sack. It, it does look like, like a ball, ball sack. sack. Looks like Doctor <laughs> Copper's nut sack. That is how it's foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> they got Rob Botton in there, and he's Fucking all mm. botine, <laughs> botine, whatever. They got him. Can in you there model it after his balls? <laughs> Can you model it after uh, <laughs> like, Richard Dysart? Get in here, and he, he's still like in full Winnie the Pooh mode. He doesn't have his pants on. <laughs> he's like looking at. It, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Is it botine? It's not Botton. No, it's uh, it's botine. What kind of pretentious bullshit is that? It's fucking Botton. <laughs> I thought it was Botton for the longest time. In fact, I think in episode four or whatever, I think I, it's what I called him. Um, yeah. And then I heard his, I heard him say his own name in an interview or something. I was like, oh, how does he know? Oh, he doesn't know how to That's pronounce true. He it. Doesn't know, he doesn't know shit. Yeah. Stick to makeup. You don't know <laughs> shit about names. Childs ends up. Yeah, he torches his ass. And there, there's kind of a cool scene where it's like the camera as the point of view of the the monster, and it's coming right at Childs, and he's just like, "Fuck oh, this!" Shit. Yeah, it torches it. Yeah, and then it's like next day or next morning, and Blair mm-hmm. is like kind of explaining what is happening. So he's examining it, and he's like, "Dude, this this is like a, a this this animal or whatever it is. This thing was trying to imitate these dogs. Like this is an organism that can imitate other organisms." And they're all like, "What?" Yeah, and then they start looking over all the Norwegians' data and the video cassettes and everything, and they come to find out. This is when Norris, who's the geologist, says like they were digging for yeah and something. They, they see like a map. They're like they were digging in this area. We should yep. go check that out. Oh, and also while that's happening, Blair has a really good moment with Clark because like he's he kind of explains like this thing can imitate other creatures, and he's like, "Hey, Clark, like why wasn't the dog in the kennel?" And he's like, "Oh, he was just kind of wandering around the camp all day." He's like, mm-hmm. and I like he asked him like, how long were you alone with that dog? And he's like, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. 
And he's like, yeah, and he's like, where the hell are you looking dog? at me like that for? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. no reason. Blair starts to do some fucking biologist research bullshit. And uh, he's like, I don't know if this happens right now, but he's like typing at the computer. It's pretty soon. And yeah. It's like the graphics of fucking asteroids. And it's <laughs> it's like these cells and one's labeled human and one's labeled or dog. One's labeled dog and one's labeled alien. And then it's like they slowly get together and then it's like assimilation complete. It's like, oh, that's uh, that explains everything. Your fucking <laughs> stupid 1982 graphics. Those 82 computers can do anything. <laughs> McCready and norris and who else goes with them yeah i was trying to figure this out too because the third person never speaks is it, is it bennings i can't remember and it's funny no it can't be bennings was it gary injured i don't know maybe yeah. it, it might have even been copper again i don't know but yeah there's a third there's a third person but that person doesn't really matter in this scene and they're all bundled up yeah <laughs> but they find where the alien ship was and it's still there like they're like that's a fucking spaceship yeah, yeah, where the alien ship is. And then they find where the cutout of the ice that the Norwegians had brought back. And I don't know if we touched on this, but at the Norwegian base, there oh, yeah, was they find the a ice. giant ice block. Yeah. Yeah, but there was something that was in it, and it's no longer in it. Yeah. They figure it out. They're like, okay, this is a spaceship. That was a fucking alien. It got out, like, yep. thought, like froze in the ice. They got it out, and that's what we're up against now. We got a fucking shape-shifting alien awesome yeah and and even mccready's like the spaceship crashed because norris says this crash happened this has been in here for like over a hundred thousand years right based on the ice formations and everything and mccready tells everybody he's like look that thing fucking crashed here a hundred thousand years ago got dragged out climbed out whatever the fuck happened and was frozen in the ice until the norwegians or the swedes <laughs> <dug them off. laughs> yeah and, but, it, but uh, it wasn't actually dead and it wasn't dead because when it thawed out, it got a hold of everybody. Right. Also, um, Blair has been doing some calculations and he calculates that if this fucking organism or whatever the hell it is, this alien gets out into the real world. Well, first he calculates that the odds of somebody like at least one, one person in the camp being infected be, yeah, is 75%. He's like, Ugh. and then he's like, if this gets out into the real world, everybody will be infected within what is 20, it 27,000 hours yeah the entire which, world population which estimate i did the math it's a little over three years i think this happens right here i'm not sure but after mccready explains everything and and blair has his like moment of revelation uh people are like talking about like hey have you seen blair yeah <laughs> blair, like, like, goes crazy. oh and also in the scene like i think it's in the scene where mccready's kind of explains stuff Nalls kind of pokes his head in he's like which one of you fucking rat bastards there was <laughs> dirty drawers in my kitchen uh trash can and he like and this is the part he throws the dirty undies onto the pinball machine and i was like oh no no respect <laughs> for pinball <laughs> well uh mccready looks at him and they're all torn to shit yeah and there's no name tag like it's been torn off so he's like hmm. yeah Fuchs is helping out Blair because they're bi both biologists, right. right? And he's helping out to find out like what's going on. And Fuchs goes to McCready. Like everybody goes to McCready for his leadership skills. And I don't know, it's not really explained in the movie, but I get a sense that McCready was like part of, I don't know, like I was thinking about his backstory today and like what I just kind of assume I feel like he used to be in the Marines or the army or something. Yeah, Maybe I think he's that a actually vet. is. Yeah, I think he was a Vietnam vet. 
and he saw some shit and he's an alcoholic now. Yeah. And he's just doing this job as a pilot because that's what he does. Yeah, exactly. He's, He's a pilot. And so they all look to him for like leadership almost because it's like, well, he was in the service, you know, right. Maybe he was a fucking captain or some shit like that for the army. And I don't know. They all trust him Mm -hmm. to a certain extent at this point. And so, uh, Fuchs comes to him and he's like, look, I've been working with Blair and something's not right. And he's like, I look through all, he's locked himself away and I've been looking through these notes here and this is what the Norwegians wrote. And this is what Blair wrote. And, I don't know. He starts explaining well, he, some shit. He, to he says like that thing that we like brought over here. It's not dead. Mm-hmm. So I think McCready's kind of like ah fuck. And then while that's happening, Bennings and uh, Windows, they're like uh, in the room where that burnt corpse is like covered up. And I think they're mm-hmm. getting something like out of a supply room or something. And Bennings says to Windows, like, hey, go get the keys from Gary. I need to get some stuff. There's, like, a a whole thing that happens throughout the movie about, like, keys. Like, who had the The keys? keys. And, like, so that's another fun part of this movie is trying to follow, like, okay, who's who's got the keys? Yeah. So Windows goes to go get the keys. And then we see the blanket that's over the dead dead body uh, start to the move. Norwegian the one that they got back from the yeah, Norwegian the, the two faced uh, yeah burnt to crisp uh, mm-hmm. Norwegian guys yeah we're like oh fuck and then it like drips down some like goo yeah it's gross so it, Windows comes back and he's like hey uh, Bennings I got the I got the uh, and he looks up and Bennings is like covered in fucked up. gelatinous goo with like <laughs> tentacles and shit coming out of him and like kind of yeah. writhing and he's like oh fuck and something i really like is before windows runs out of the room you don't see it but you hear it you hear the sound of keys being dropped on the floor so the keys are now out of windows hands so then he runs out and he's like it's bennings so everybody kind of like i think they've i don't know if they do the alarm again i think they do and they they find bennings out in the snow well they come back to the room and the and bennings oh yeah he's gone and he's like i swear to god he was here busted out yeah so they go outside and Bennings is outside and uh, they're like Bennings. And that's when he looks at McCready and he's got like these fucking tentacle hands. Yeah. Like, and oh, he's just gross. does the fucking, what's that movie? The, uh, <laughs> I don't know, the pod like people. That. Remember the pod people? Oh, yeah. Like, the body snatchers or whatever. Yeah. Invasion of the body snatchers. That Donald Sutherland scream at the end. Yeah. He's all. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking McCready doesn't waste a second. No. He's just like, he's just like a boss. He dumps fire. over a, like a barrel of kerosene, of kerosene. and yeah. then just grabs a flare and torches his ass. Yep. <laughs> Lights him up and uh, he fucking, he dies. Yeah. Like, oh God. Mac is out. Uh, I think this is where he talks to Fuchs or whatever. It's all kind of yes, the same this is time. where he talks to Fuke and he's in he's Fuchs and he's like Blair is up to something. I don't know what's going on with him. Well, then they they also see that Blair um, or who they think was Blair Fuchs goes. Yeah, Fuchs goes back in, I think. And Mac is out there by himself and he sees somebody like running away with from the helicopter axe. with an axe. And he's like, yeah, I think he's even like Blair. <laughs> yep. And he goes to the helicopter and he's destroyed the helicopter. Yeah. He's like. So McCready goes back in and he goes, Childs, go check if the tractors are down also. Because he, if he got the helicopter, well, he might have destroyed the tractors. Well, I don't, does he even tell him? I don't think he brings that up. 
I think Childs I, takes I, I it upon himself. Well, maybe he does. But because like, he does. while he's checking out the helicopter, he hears gunshots, and then he like because he like jumps off of the helicopter. He's like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. Well, yeah. So they go back in, and or he goes back in, and then they have that confrontation with Blair. But I think at that point, then he tells Childs oh, go okay. check the tractors to see that. But yes, so Blair is going batshit crazy. He's got the axe, and he's destroying all the radios, <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's got a gun the shit out of yeah. windows. <laughs> yes. Windows is like past, like uh, all fucked up. But uh, Blair's got an axe, and he's like, and he's like just saying random shit. He's like, I can't trust any one of you motherfuckers. That thing didn't want to be a dog. It wanted to be one of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like going nuts. Like none of you know what's going on, but I do. So uh, is it Childs that tries to talk to him, and he goes, I'll kill you. <laughs> McCready goes, Childs, go around to the map room and distract him. Just talk yeah. to him. And so Childs goes around there and he's like, Hey, Blair, you know, you just got to relax. And he pulls out a gun and just <laughs> starts shooting at him. him. I'll kill you. And like when he runs out of bullets and he just throws the gun at him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and right when he runs out of bullets is when Mac gets a table and he like slams Blair up against the wall with a table, but Blair's got an axe and da da da. Ultimately, Mac knocks out Blair. Yeah, it gives him a couple of the. Yep. And they tie him up. They end up taking him out to the tool shed, right? Yeah, like a shack or whatever like that. And they board up the windows and they're they're going to lock him in there for his own safety. And theirs. Yeah. Um, but they leave him a bottle of vodka and I think some food. I think somebody even says like, why don't we put him in your shack, Mac? And he's like, I don't want him in my shack. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> what does are you talking that? about? I thought it was kind of interesting, though, that Mac doesn't sleep with everybody else. He's got his own shack. Yeah, he's a loner. He has a good conversation with Blair because Blair is calm at this point, but he gives McCree mm-hmm. some advice. He's like, you need to watch Clark. Like, watch him Yeah, close. watch Clark. Yep. He's like, okay, thanks. And Blair's telling him to watch Clark because Clark had spent the most time with the dog. Yeah. Mac goes back in and he's like, we got to develop a test. Mm-hmm. Can we develop a test? Uh, he asks um, Copper. the doctor. Yeah. Copper. And he asks uh, Fuchs, can we develop a test? that can tell us who is one of these things. And they're like, yeah, I think so. We just need to get everybody's blood. Fuchs is like, I've been thinking about this. And if we just get everybody's blood, they're like, well, we have the samples. We'll go. Yeah. We we have have whole blood like in storage. If we mix a little, everybody's blood, like with blood that we know is uncontaminated, if there's some sort of reaction, we'll know that that person's infected. Yeah. Because something I noticed today, maybe I, maybe I noticed this before and I forgot, but, they talk about how it's not like one specific creature. It's like multiple creatures that are like microorganisms almost. And that they're working together. Yeah, the pieces kind of form the whole. Yeah. Yes. The pieces McCree form the says, whole. But they, says something like that at one point in the movie. Yeah. And they, and that's this. And he does that at the blood test because they don't, they're, they're all working for themselves ultimately, but they work together to just live and to survive. survive. But right. if they get attacked, they all split off. Mm-hmm. And that's what is going to happen right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> because, and this is another like key thing. Uh, Cause now Gary has the keys and he like physically hands them over to copper. Yep. To like go uh, get this blood test thing going. They open it up. The blood's all been destroyed. It's been sabotaged, but they make a point to say that the room was locked so that means someone got the keys, went in, mm-hmm. sabotaged the blood, left, and locked the door, and returned the keys to Gary. 
So now Gary and Copper are kind of the prime suspects because they're the only people that really had custody of the keys, as far as we know. So Windows at at that point is like, fuck, I can't trust anybody, and just takes off running and tries to get a gun. (laughs) Like, oh, he gets it and he pulls it out. But Gary fucking crack shot that he is. Yeah, he pulls, pulls the gun. He's like, I'll put too. this right in your head if you don't put that down. And he's like, ah, oh, you guys going to listen to Gary? He could be one of them. <laughs> so uh, they get him to put the gun down. And then Gary puts his gun down. And at that point, Gary's kind of like, I get that you guys, you know, don't trust me. Maybe somebody else should be in charge. To which Childs gets nominated at first. And then everybody. Well, no, and then, Childs nominates himself. He's like, I'll do it. And they're like, the hell you will. And then because uh, Gary actually nominates uh, Norris. And Norris is like. I'm not up to it. Like pass. Yep. And then Childs is like, I'll do it. And they're like, we need someone with a cooler head. And I'm like, what has Childs demonstrated maybe in the past? Yeah. I don't he's know. Dem- so Mac just basically takes the gun and he's like, I'll be in charge. Yep. So he just takes over. Yep. And they're all cool with it, I guess, to a certain extent. So he's like, Hey, you guys go do what you got to do. Yeah, and he burns, like, he kind of gets the whole crew together. They torch, like, what's left of the melted uh, Norwegian corpse. And he has a good kind of speech here, too. He's like, I know I'm human, and I know that some of you are human, because if all of you were things, you would just rush me right now, and this would all be over. So we we still got a chance here. We just got to work together. And then he orders Gary, uh, Clark, and Copper to be, like, tied up uh, until we can find some sort of way to test whether or not they're human. Fuchs goes outside at some point right around here and he finds some shredded clothes on the ground and the reason the shredded clothes to kind of like explain what that is indicate indicates is that the alien can't replicate inorganic material. So that means when it replicates a person, it doesn't replicate their clothes. So it kind of just splits out of the clothes. Yeah, rips, rips you out of your clothes basically. Yeah. So, um, or it can't absorb the clothes or some shit. Listen, I don't even know how all this fucking <laughs> it's all works. Very it's very scientific. scientific. <laughs> but you're right, though. He but finds them and it says McCready. He finds them it. and it's McCready's clothes. It's like, oh shit. And he's like, fuck. And so, anyway, McCready windows and Nalls now are going outside to check on Blair. And on their way out there, they find all of Fuke's stuff. And then they find his burnt corpse. And they're like, what happened? And they were like, uh, he must have burned himself. Yeah. It's like, really? That's what fuck that's what we're gonna say happened to Fuchs? I don't know. I was I kind, like of that it's dis- kind of a mystery. It's like either something like torched him or he or somebody himself. killed him. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I kinda like that, but at the same time, it's TK Carter's character, Nalls has the same kind of ending. It's like, what happened to those guys? Yeah, I like that it's kind of ambiguous. So I kind of took it as, you know, Fuchs had a lot of respect for McCready. And I think he thought that he was like the strongest and like best leader. And it's like, all right, our leader is now. Uh, like, if, if he's gone, then we're, I'm we're screwed. Up, Nobody then. here has what it takes to get us out of this. We're all we're all screwed. Well, I guess that could be. Maybe. But we'll talk about theories at mm. the end of this. They go out there and uh, they're going to go back in and uh, McCready says, Nalls, you should come with me. We're going to go up to my shack. And they're like, why? He goes, because my light's on and yeah. I turned it off when I, I, I left yesterday. Off I left. And he's like, okay. So they go up to the thing. Windows goes back inside. I don't know what happens between that and when Nalls comes back. I don't know what they're doing. But Nalls comes back and McCready's not with him. And he's like, I cut him loose. He's like, why did you cut him loose? He's like, because I found those shredded underwear 
up in his yeah and he brought him with him he like had him in his shirt and, and it says mccready he's like i found this like stash behind his furnace or something like that yeah it's like he didn't see me find him so then i, I as we left and i like that he literally cut him loose like they use ropes uh to yep. kind of get through in the storm to find where they're going and he just cut the rope behind him and took off yep so now mccready's out there and it's like 40 below and he doesn't have a rope, so he can't see his. He can't find his way back. And they're like, he's gonna die. And Childs is like, well, if he dies, he dies. Yep. You know, like what the fuck is he doing out there? And basically says like he would do the same if it was me or you. Mm-hmm. Max starts knocking on the door, and they're and he's like, let me in. And they're like, don't open that door. And Windows is like, but what if he's okay? What if it's like not? What if it's all yeah, a big what misunderstanding if we're wrong about him? And like Childs, like then we're wrong. Yep, if we're wrong, we're wrong. But McCready has the keys <laughs> and they can't get into the door and McCready busts through the window from the outside and gets in and Childs can't bust down the door, but Childs grabs an ax and he's like, McCready, you're fucking dead. And he <laughs> knocks the uh, door down and McCready's standing there like frozen, like his beard's all fucking mm-hmm. frozen. He's all frozen, but he's got like, I don't know, half a fucking pound of dynamite <laughs> he <has> several <laughs> sticks and it's like a cartoon and he's got a flare and he's like one of you motherfuckers he's like go ahead and torch me because we'll all blow up and he's like and if you get any closer i'm gonna yeah, blow anybody messes all up. with me care. the whole camp goes he starts thawing out hmm. and it's right about this time that norris has a heart attack we see it earlier like he was doing something and he's all like, oh, ah, oh. yeah. yeah he was but he has a heart attack and he stops breathing yeah, and Mac, at this point, like, they're all still kind of fighting each other. And Mac's like, oh, shit, like, go get the doctor. Like, we got to help him. Yeah. So they start helping him, and they start, uh, the doctor, Copper, starts, like, resuscitating him. And then he's like, get the defibrillators. And he shocks him once. And then he goes to shock him a second time. And as he puts the fucking defibrillators down on his chest, his fucking stomach and chest come open like a mouth. Yeah, like teeth. And they bite off his <laughs> fucking arms at the elbow it's amazing He's and like, coppers all, no arms i'm completely unarmed <laughs> you know they got a guy with no arms yeah and he's wearing like a copper role. mask or something like that right uh-huh. it looks totally convincing it's awesome it does uh because the way that they shoot it they only shoot one wide angle of uh, uh was it richard dysart yeah they only shoot one wide angle of him without any arms. And then it goes back to close up kind of just reaction mm-hmm. of him. He falls over dead. Of course, uh, Norris. Oh yeah. Max, Max starts torching him because he's got the flamethrower. Yeah. Well, at first he like grows a fucking head, <laughs> a, like a long neck with a face of Norris. Yes. And then his ne- his real head like splits away from the body and falls to the floor. And that eventually grows like some fucking legs like a spider and his eyeballs pop out and he's like <laughs> crawling away. away mac ultimately they flame throw him right he makes him wait he's like wait 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 a second and then he flame throws him kills him the spider goes crawling away and palmer just looks at him he's like you gotta be fucking kidding <laughs> isn't that what he says yeah, you gotta that's, be a, that's a great line yeah you gotta be, you gotta be fucking, fucking kidding kidding so they flame throw the spider head of norris and now comes the big scene. I mean, that was a big scene. Too. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a pretty shocking scene. <laughs> but the kind of the most famous scene is the blood test scene. And so Mac has people tied up, right? He tied up uh, He's Gary. Gary and uh, I think it, 
this point i think he ties up childs he starts to because he starts like giving orders and at first like i think gary's like hey like let's all rush him yeah. <laughs> something like that and i think uh, clark is like hey wait, hold on like why, why don't we listen to mac but meanwhile like while he's like talking to mac saying like hey everybody like let's listen to him he's got a scalpel in his hand that he's kind of tucking away so it's like oh he's gonna make some sort of move and yeah, then well uh, he does he does say he's gonna tie uh childs up i think because he's like the hell you are he's like well then i'm gonna have to kill you and he's like well then go ahead and kill me and he like puts the gun to him he's like I'm, I'm i mean it and he's like all right all right and then that's when clark from behind i think tries to rush mccready and he just turns and just right between the shoots eyes him right in the right in the face yep so now Clark's dead. <laughs> so they got Clark and Copper's bodies. Like, oh yeah, they do tie aside. Clark up though, because I think he's like tie him down windows or some or Palmer. I think he's like they're dead, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He tie, they tie him down. Um, but then they start doing the test. And so um, it, Windows is the first to get tested, and I, I do love Windows' reaction because he's like so nervous about he's it. The first one, like, like he doesn't know like what's what's going to happen. What's going to fucking happen? <laughs> what what if it is? What if I am one of them? Yeah. So he tests them and how he tests them is he's got a copper wire and he uh, heats it up and he's going to touch the blood because this is when he gives the speech about how it's all individual cells. And if they're being attacked, they're going to do what humans do Yeah, run or what living things do. And that's run or try to defend themselves because when you and I bleed, it's just tissue. But when one of those things bleeds, it's all living organisms. So he, he takes the, uh, wire and he heats it up because it doesn't like heat and he puts it in Windows thing and it just goes and Windows is like <laughs> thank God oh good I think they do uh, he does himself next he goes now I'm going to show you what yeah. I know to be true yep he does himself and then he does nulls uh, he tests after himself he tests uh, copper he's like oh let's test a couple of these dead guys oh he tests copper and Clark and then child says something like uh, Clark was human huh? which makes you a murderer Clark- don't it <laughs> Yep. And then somebody says, test me. And he's like, I'll test you last. Gary. He's like, yeah, oh, this is and- a, all a crock of shit. It doesn't prove anything. He's like, I thought you might say that, Gary. You're the only one who could have gotten to that blood. We'll save you for last. And he's like, Palmer. And now. that's when he's going to test Palmer. Yep. And he goes to test Palmer and he sticks it in. And it's kind of like on the offbeat. He's like, yeah, we'll test you last. And he goes and expecting the same result. And it's like this fucking blood clot just goes. <laughs> And he's like, holy shit. And that's when Palmer, who's tied up next to Gary and Childs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts, starts fucking flipping out. He starts convulsing. <laughs> starts fish flopping. Shit starts spaghetti, starts fucking coming out of his body. <laughs> his face starts melting. Yeah. And it, it melts and it turns into like giant teeth. And he gets yeah, His head free. like opens and bites. Because yep, uh, Windows got grabs- the flamethrower. And he's like, Windows, blast him. Windows can't work a fucking flamethrower. Neither can McCready at this point for some reason. They're all fucking scared. He's like malfunctioning. And uh, yeah, Windows just can't. He's just in of shock. Of course. Of course it's malfunctioning. But anyway, uh, the Palmer thing grabs Windows and starts eating him. It's awesome. <laughs> McCready, his flamethrower starts working and he he burns them. Yeah, he flamethrows uh, Palmer. And we get like a pretty, pretty badass fire walk. Yeah, that was done by uh, what's his the name? Guy, uh, yeah, um, something Caesar. We met him. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. we met him at Horror Hound, right? <laughs> we did. Yeah, he didn't. Tony Caesar. Didn't I think our, was his name. I think it was. Yeah, his name. I think you're right. Uh, he didn't sign our poster, he but did we did meet him. We stood next to him. That's right. Oh, uh, and then I like but that. He Mac, did that uh, Not only does he flamethrower, uh, like the, the guy like walks out of the building and he falls in the snow, but Mac takes a stick of dynamite 
and throws it. And my understanding is like this was real. And like the mm-hmm. explosion, like legit, like scared the shit out of everybody because I don't think they were expecting an, ex- an explosion that big. Hopefully, you can see Kurt Russell when it blows up. It's like, <laughs> like kind of throws him back. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, so Windows is dead. Palmer's dead. Oh yeah, and yeah. Cause uh, he, Matt goes back in, and finishes Windows off because he's like kind of in the process of transforming. So he blasts yeah. Windows. So Gary is left tied up, and then we go and back so to they the have test. To, <laughs> they have to go back to the test. Uh, well, they test Childs. And Childs is like, give me free, man. Give me Cut free. Me loose, God damn it. <laughs> and I like when they test Nulls. Like, I think Nulls is the first one he tests. Like, as soon as, like, it, like, goes, tss, it, like, immediately cuts. And then, like, now Nulls has a flamethrower. And he's just, like, pointing it at Childs. Like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking fry you. Yeah. And then when Childs gets tested and he says, get free, now he has a flamethrower and he's pointing it at Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So they test Gary and Gary's clean. And Gary says, uh, What's the, you probably have the exact line. Uh, it says something like, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, uh, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend uh, the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, can we talk about homeboy's eyebrows? Oh, they're like, yeah, they're like blonde or like white. They're white and they're about three they're, inches they're long. Very thick, very long. <laughs> it's, it's like trim those motherfuckers, dude. <laughs> it's unruly. I don't, I don't know if you have this problem. Um, and, and, you know, you have thinner hair than I do. So maybe, and, and that's not a knock. You just have thinner hair than I do. It's but true. Um, I have this problem where I'll get these straight eyebrow hairs that just grow really long. I get those occasionally. I pluck so them. I have to like, I have to trim them. Oh like, yeah. When I'm at, when I'm at the barber and they're cutting my hair, I'm like, can you trim the get eyebrows, my, get my brows, too? please? I used to be embarrassed by it, but it's like a normal thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah so I, I pluck like, them. Yeah, no problem. I'm like, cool. Also my butt hair. Can you trim that? <laughs> You shave my taint. <laughs> just lift up my balls. I'm like, right here. <laughs> I'll hold them. I'll hold them. Um, they're all clean. So they're going to go test Blair now. Yep. So Mac tells Childs, you stand guard. I'll take Nalls and Gary. Don't understand this. We shouldn't leave one person. We should be two and two at this point. But, you know, I didn't write the movie. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I understand movie wise why it's done this way, but yeah, because he tells him if Blair comes back and we're not with him, fry him. him. And Childs is like, sure thing. You bet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been itching to use this thing. <laughs> they go out. Blair's gone. The door is open, but the door was locked from the outside. So it's like, who could have opened it? They discover that there's some loose floorboards. So they pull up the floorboards and there's like, he's tunneled down. Nice yeah. clean tunnel. I don't know how he fucking did this, but he's tunneled down below. He's good. And uh, he's tunneled away to uh, the generator room, I guess, which is underneath the whole camp. Yep. There's like a whole sub structure mm-hmm. of uh, yeah, generator. Big- it's like a boiler room. Yeah. It's right about this time where, where before they go down, they look back and Childs, Nalls no- notices Childs leaving. Yeah. He's like, I see him running out in the snow. Where the hell is he going? And then the generator turns off. Yep. And like he fucking turned off the generator. So now everybody's suspicious, by the way, of everybody else. Mm-hmm. They're like, what the fuck? And uh, McCready's like, let's just go down and yeah. uh, take care of this. So they go down there and they're starting to put up um, dynamite. Yeah. Because at this point, like, f- McCready's like, we're all going to die. We got to yeah, make sure. Because the generator's gotta, gone. Yeah. He's like, and we got to make sure. Like, well, can- Oh, Gary goes, Gary goes, the generator's gone, Mac. And he goes, well, can we repair it? He goes, no, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> and they see that uh, Blair has put together like a spaceship. Yeah. 
like a little flying saucer. Like yeah, he's going he to get out. <laughs> you know what's cool is in the book, if I remember correctly, uh, Blair is making like a jet pack. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He just wants to leave. Right. And so because the generator's gone, Mac realizes like we're fucked. Yeah. We got to blow this whole camp. He's also said that the alien doesn't care. It's content with staying cold and freezing again until someone comes and rescues us and thaws it out. Yeah. When he even says like with the generator gone, it's going to be a hundred below, like within the next hour, yep. like we're going to freeze to death. So we're going to have to, and, but we the alien do something. will survive. Yeah. And he's like, but we, if we fucking just destroy everything and put this motherfucker ablaze, he's not going to survive. So Gary and Nalls, they're like, all right, I guess we're sacrificing ourselves now. Yep. So they start putting up dynamite everywhere. Well, Gary's off by himself. Nalls is with McCready and we see Gary like turn the corner and Blair's right there. And Blair takes his hand and puts it on Gary's face. Like in his, his face. <laughs> fingers like melt into his cheeks. Yeah. And he's like assimilating with him, right? It's pretty awesome. Emerging, yeah, like merging with him. And so he drags him away. Well, uh, Nalls sees this and he's like, Gary? And he goes and follows him. And then Mac says something like, hey, do you have all that dynamite? And he looks up and Nalls is gone. Yeah, and he's like, what the Gary's fuck? Gary's gone. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck is going on? So he goes and looks for them. And then through the floorboards, it's kind of like a cartoon. Like when, <laughs> when a cartoon animal like digs under the yeah, floorboards. Yeah, it reminds me of floorboards, Tremors. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, out pops fucking Blair thing. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And it's all like half assimilated and it's all right. It's even got a dog. Yeah, there's a dog head in there. Out. And he's got like a weird sideways head thing. Yeah. It's like a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex or something. Yeah. And uh, it like is screaming at him. And uh, McCready goes, yeah, well, fuck you too. And he lights the dynamite and he throws it at him and he runs and it blows up. Yep. It blows up. Like and the whole it causes camp. a couple a couple more explosions because they had already put up uh, all the charges, the, yeah. the dynamite. But McCready lives and he's got his bottle of J and B scotch whiskey, whatever the hell that is. And uh, you have a bottle right behind you. Actually. I do. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say on it? Does it say scotch or whiskey? It's, I think it's, yeah. Uh, you think it's a, yeah. Blended hmm. scotch whiskey. Oh, scotch whiskey. That's yeah, not oh, bad. I'm right. And uh, he's got his bottle. And he starts to take a drink and then child shows up. He's like, Oh shit. It's like, where were you? He's like, I thought I saw Blair. So I went after him. I got lost in the storm. I don't know. They have a little conversation and then Mac looks at him and, and, and child says, listen, if you're thinking that I'm one of the, and Mac just stops him and he goes, look, if either one of us were one of those things, we're pretty fucked right now. Anyway, yeah, neither one of us is in the shape to do anything, anything about it. And he hands him the bottle of whiskey and, Childs takes a drink and there's just like a slight laugh. Yep. And we hear the theme. Dun dun dun. dun. And then the That's end. It. So good. <laughs> uh, we spent quite a while talking about this movie, actually. Uh, it's been <laughs> it's been over an hour of us just going through the movie. You can tell that uh, David loves this movie. He knows it backwards and forwards. In fact, David was like, I probably don't even really have to watch this in order to review it. And I don't have to watch it in order to give it what my review is. So, David, I'll let you go first. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, this is probably my favorite movie of all time. It, it, horror movies, 100%, and it's probably full stop my favorite. I just yeah. think everything from 
Uh, Dean Cundy's cinematography, like it looks amazing. I love that all the characters are nuanced. Like we know things about, like like you said earlier, like nobody is just like window dressing. Like every character is kind of fleshed out. Uh, the score is awesome. McCready's just a fucking badass. Rob Bottin's visual effects are incredible and for the most part still hold up. Like there's a couple that look a little silly. But I mean, and then the, just the tension, the, uh, the blood testing is one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. And I still, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes to watch with people who have never seen this movie. Cause you can kind of mm-hmm. just feel like they're like, Oh God, like what's going to happen. And that, when that, you know, the Palmer test happens, everybody's always like, Oh shit. Yeah. The same thing with like, when you're watching the first time when uh, the very opening scene where they're shooting at the dog, like, Oh, why are they going to hurt that dog? And then when the dog like splits open, it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I love everything about this movie. It's a classic. It's, uh, I, I can't say enough, uh, praises about it. It's a five. <laughs> I'd give it a 10, uh, Pamela Voorhees heads if I could. Uh, but yeah, five all the way. Well, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm also giving it five heads. Um, it's up there for one of my favorite films as well. Uh, definitely as far as horror films go or horror sci-fi, um, you know, I put this in the same category as Alien every day of the week. Uh, between this and Alien, these are the two horror sci-fi movies yeah. that define that subgenre of horror films. Um, on its own as a film, both of those movies, by the way, are fucking perfect. I mean, listen, a perfect film is also not perfect. There's little nitpicky stuff you can pick out here and there. Um, There's a couple, there was even a couple of things where I'm like, well, he just had his hood up and now he has like little continuity errors. Yeah. And there's There's, like little errors. Like there's one where McCready, like when he's talking into the tape recorder says like uh, windows found some shredded long johns. Like, no, that was, uh, that was Nalls. But it's like, but also people in real life make mistakes and misspeak. So that's kind of how I like, Oh yeah, he just misspoke. That's true. The other thing, too, is is if you're watching this for the first time, you're not noticing any of that. But when you watch it for the 25th time, yeah, you're, you're like, picking up on hmm. the little things. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to focus on this character this time. Yeah. And then you end up seeing Dr. Copper's balls. <laughs> exactly. And that was because I made the... I've seen it so many times. It's like, this time I'm just going to pay attention to everyone's genitals and see what I can <laughs> figure out. Uh, you talked about Dean Cundy's cinematography and, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a, there's a, a few shots that I was like, wow, that's, those are really good. One of them in particular is when, um, Richard Masser Clark grabs the scalpel and we see him do it and it's like in the foreground and then we have right. McCready like in the middle and I think it's, I don't remember if it's novels. You're yeah, the, that depth of field kind of shot. Yeah. There's like three different distinct things that we're looking at. And if you're not looking, you could, you could totally miss Richard Masser, grab the scalpel and like hold it right there. Um, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but you could miss it mm-hmm. because just the way the scene is set, it's like, where are you, where are you looking and, <laughs> and what are you missing? And, and even the audio cues, like you said about the keys dropping, like that was done on purpose. There's, there's a lot of purposeful shots and audio cues and everything and music that just make it. It's, it's a whole, right? It's right. the parts coming together <laughs> yeah, for the whole. Exactly. And the acting, you couldn't have had a more perfect cast. All of them do such a great job in all their, mm-hmm. in all their roles uh, in this film. So uh, yeah, five Pamela Voorhees heads overall. If you've never seen the thing, I don't know. 
turn this podcast off immediately is. and go watch it. <laughs> yeah, turn this podcast off and never listen to us again. Yeah, never. <laughs> and hang your head in shame. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I think I mentioned this. I had to rent it. You can rent it on uh, iTunes or wherever you rent movies. You can buy it fourteen ninety nine. I think digital copy. I also own it on a um, a compilation DVD. I know I'm not a Blu Ray type of guy, eh. but they've they've come out with many different Blu Rays. I've got two different uh, Blu Rays of it, and I have uh, it on VHS. Yeah. Did I? Am I the one who gave you? Is it you or Alan? One of you did. I think it was me. No, I think I'm, it was Alan. No, no, I, it was I you because you gave Alan a copy of like uh, Escape from New York Escape or something from New like York. that. That's right, it was you. Thank you. You're welcome. We were fortunate enough to meet the cast. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast how we met uh, a lot of them at uh, Son of Monster Palooza back five five years yeah. ago. Yeah, because yeah. I think it was the 35th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, of the it was movie. 2017. And so we met Wilford Brimley. Uh, took a shit next to him um, <laughs> i did <laughs> uh we met um joel polis there uh thomas g waits keith david uh, keith david david Peter, clennan uh, david clennan yeah. yeah those were the ones that we met at that, that time and then like i said i started getting into it a little bit more and david and i both started collecting original one sheets um and so we we're like well we'd like to get and and the thing one sheet even unsigned it's worth some, was a hard one to find and a hard expensive. one to like pay for yeah yeah they're not cheap <laughs> but we both found really good copies of them and i think we both got them for pretty decently priced but uh we were like well we got to get these signed eventually well this past year has been was quite a year for us uh we went to um a lot of shows yeah, we went to the convention in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, what was that? What's that one called? Uh, Steel City. Steel City Con. We went to Steel City Con, and John Carpenter was there. And that was like our total purpose for going to that one. So David flew out here. Plus, I live in Pennsylvania now, so it was like, well, that kind of works out. Mm -hmm. uh, I had just moved here, and David came out to visit uh, me and my family. And uh, he and my wife and I went out there and met John Carpenter. And we got our picture taken with him a couple of times and got him to sign a bunch of stuff. But one of that being the thing one sheet. Yeah. And then it was right. Um, actually, before that at uh, CreepyCon. Oh, that's right. That's when we, we got, got Keith David. We got Keith David to sign our one yeah. sheets. I didn't get to meet him that time <laughs> because uh, I was in line for another, another thing um, and it had taken too long. Uh, but David got him to sign my one sheet. So then John Carpenter signed it. And then we went to Horror Hound in Cincinnati. And uh, a lot of the cast was there. Yeah, David Clennon, uh, Thomas Waits, and Peter Maloney, right? Yes. Unfortunately, Joel Polis had to pull out. Um, and Richard Masser. And Richard Masser. Uh, one of them had COVID. And I think the other one came up with yeah. his family member. So it was understandable, but it was kind of disappointing. But yeah, regardless. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get him at some point. And we got to meet those guys and get our picture taken. And like, why, why I segued from the dog kennel thing <laughs> was uh, we got our picture taken with them in the dog kennel kind of scene with the ball sack dog. <laughs> Dr. Copper's nut sack <laughs> monster. <laughs> Off to the side. <laughs> yeah, Dysart was represented well. Yeah. There, <laughs> Rest in peace, buddy. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, the guy who played Norris, uh, who was um, Charles Hallahan, he passed away in 97. Yeah, he did. He died young. 
And Donald Moffat passed away, what, three or four years ago? He died fairly recently. Yeah, he died He died fairly recently. And then also, um, how come I don't have Dr. Copper? Oh, Richard Dysart, he passed away uh, 2015, I mm-hmm. want to say. Somewhere around there, maybe maybe a little bit earlier. But they passed away in the 2000s. So those three guys, unfortunately, have passed away. But uh, we got to meet the other ones. Richard Masser was supposed to be at uh, New Jersey Horror Con, but now he's not on their website anymore. So I don't know. If I he's was gonna, gonna be I was there. gonna fly out there to, I was gonna meet you at that show, but now he's not going. Like I'm glad I didn't book it yet. So I, I don't think I'm. <laughs> There's gonna still go. some time. Yeah, that show's not till March. We'll There's still some time. I'm thinking about writing them though and going, hey, you had Richard Masser on there, and now he's not. Is he gonna be there or not? Yeah, what's going on here? I need full disclosure. <laughs> We met all those guys, got some things signed, um, but obviously our most important meeting was John Carpenter, like to me. Oh, absolutely. That's like the white whale. I mean, not that it's uh, elusive because he does do signings and shit like that, but it it just seemed like he was never where we were. He doesn't, I mean, he does do shows, but he doesn't do many. No. So it was kind of nice meeting him and, and we talked about that on the episode that we recapped that. But uh, something recently that came up with John Carpenter, David got involved in. I believe this was a drunken night of David's where he was like, fuck it. <laughs> I think it was. I think I was like, Why don't fuck you tell it, us about it. this. Uh, <laughs> so I saw, this was back in um, like October, I think, or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like early, it was like mid-October. Anyway, uh, yeah, probably alcohol influenced for sure. But I saw that uh, John Carpenter was going to be doing like a virtual uh, meet and greet kind of thing where you would register um, and then you would get a chance to chat with him for like a couple of minutes or something like that and i was mm-hmm. like yeah fuck it and i i booked two of them uh, i was like i want to talk to him longer so i think i booked <laughs> like four or five minutes uh to chat with him and then the the chat was actually on halloween uh halloween oh, day that's cool. so i had the day off uh and like you go online you get into a little queue and you, they, there's some videos that play and like they kind of tell you what to expect and then like a person pops on and they like they check your audio and make sure everything's working and then they're like all right we'll have fun and then uh <laughs> and then you go to a queue and you can see like a little countdown like you are the 15th person in line and you watch it like slowly get down to zero i just remember uh-huh. getting like nervous like oh it's gonna be it's gonna be time and then all of a sudden <laughs> like there he is he just pops up and so hey yeah what's up so we talked for like I said, four minutes. Um, yeah, and I, I edited it down a little bit because there was a little bit of chit-chat stuff. I was like, nobody gives a shit about that. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll play it right here, but this is the, uh, my conversation with John Carpenter. So I want to be respectful of your time. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but uh, if you'll indulge me, I had a few uh, few questions I wanted to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So The Thing is my all-time favorite movie. Uh, I even have a, a pet husky that I named McCready. Uh, it's... <laughs> it's kind of a sickness. Um, I could watch that movie over and over and over and never get tired of it. And I know you're not in the habit of watching your own movies, but I was curious, is there a movie that's like that for you? Like one that you always find yourself kind of coming back to? Well, that's my favorite movie I directed. So awesome. uh, it would be fun to watch that. Maybe I will one day. <laughs> is there anything like outside of your films like that kind of does it for you where it's like, oh, I really love this particular director or a certain film that you kind of find yourself coming back to? Oh, sure. There's a bunch. Uh, Oh, the angel had wings, vertigo, 
There's a whole bunch of them I yeah. love to watch. Vertigo's one of my favorites, too. Love oh, it. What a movie, huh? Yeah, my favorite Hitchcock by far. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, something else I want to ask you, because I know you're a big music guy, and I am, too. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they covered your Halloween suite right. in uh -huh. like 2017. Um, I loved it. I was curious, you know, what did you think of it? And is there a, a non-Carpenter theme that you would be interested in, in covering if, uh, if you had the opportunity? Uh, well, we covered uh, Church's song, Girls, Bad Girls, I think it was. But uh, I, I really like Trent Reznor's stuff. That was great. Oh. Yeah, appreciate him doing it. And where? What do you do? Where are you? You're located where again? Uh, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> How is that there? It's actually kind of unseasonably cool, but I mean, for Phoenix, cool is still yeah. mid seventies. Yeah. What about your sons? You like your sons? I do. Yeah. I know you're a big Warriors guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a huge, huge Suns fan going back to the Barkley days. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They always it's, break my heart every year. Well, maybe <laughs> this year. We'll see. Well, I remember one of the times I saw you perform um, with your group uh, in Mesa, Arizona, and I think it was the night the Warriors were playing the Cavs or something like that, and I was like, John's probably backstage losing his mind. Right <laughs> I was. You're right. I absolutely was. And not to rub salt in the wounds, I think the Cavs won that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they unfortunately. Yeah, that was a cool show, though. <laughs> hey, listen, and happy Halloween, dude. It's been great talking with you. Yeah, thank you. You too. Okay, you take care of yourself now. Yeah, thanks. You as well. Happy Halloween. To you too. Are you going <laughs> out tonight? I do. Uh, I'm going to give out like candy to trick-or-treaters, so I've got like a whole thing sitting out front. What about you? Are you doing anything cool? No, nothing. Zero. <laughs> no. Okay. Take yep. care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Okay. That's it's still awesome that you got to speak to him. And, you know, you had asked me, you're like, hey, do you have any ideas for questions? And you're like, I was thinking about asking him this. And you only have so many time, so much time. And it goes by really, really fast. Yeah. So but yeah, he was he was super know, cool. He it it's so weird because you can never tell. He's very gruff. Yeah. He's very gruff looking. <laughs> Um, but he's been nice the time that we met him and then, you know, so we met him, we got our picture taken with him. We got him to sign something. We got our picture taken with him. We got another picture taken with him. And all three of those times he wasn't like, yeah, yeah, no, he was, he was pleasant. And <laughs> but, I like, but oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say to me when, when we met him the first time and I got him to sign, I was just like, oh, oh, and David was like shaking and <laughs> like, it was like, I don't know. It, it's like one of your idols. Yeah. You know? you, it's like you, the old you don't meet up. your heroes thing. Like, it's like, what if he's mean? What if I don't, what, yeah. what if I say something stupid? And, and I don't think you did. So congratulations on that. I was a lot I less nervous uh, this time around for sure. <laughs> but I, it's, it's just like so weird because it's, it's like you want to talk to him, but I also understood that when we met him at, at Steel City Con, um, there was like 500 people waiting. <laughs> yeah, so you <laughs> to, gotta to meet him. You gotta move fast. Yeah. So this five minutes that you had with him, pretty it cool. It was cool, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I asked him about like some of the movies that he can watch all the time. Uh, that he mentioned Vertigo, which mm. earlier when I said like the thing is probably my favorite movie, and one of those reasons why is because I also uh, love Vertigo. Like it is also. At one point, it was my favorite movie, and now like these two are kind of 
neck and neck, neck. but I think the thing probably takes the cake. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's it was cool. Fun. This is a long episode and I'm about to make it just a little bit longer. Um, uh, because who gives a fuck, right? Every once in a while, we'll have episodes that are like 40 minutes long. Yeah, and then we have a two-hour one. Oh, and real quick, thank you yeah. uh, You know, for Christmas. You got me the the thing, oh, yeah. artwork, which uh, hangs in my bathroom. I sent you a photo of me uh, uh, defecating and uh, admiring the art. So thank yes, you. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. Um, but I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think happens in the thing? Now, there's there's theories. Theories abound regarding uh what happened or happens in the like thing like at the end to, oh at the end um i mean i i like to think that neither one of them were the thing they were both still human but they're and gonna they're free, but they're fucked. gonna freeze to death and they yeah yeah and they die that's the way i and i know there's theories like oh you can't see child's breath yes you can like yeah. i just watched it yesterday like you, you can see his breath you can't see it as much as mccready's but like yeah he's he's breathing yeah, and and a lot of people were probably watching like um, a VHS copy. Yeah, and I've heard things, and I think we even this. talked about it in the uh, earlier episode about the thing with the drink that, like, oh, there was uh, there was gasoline or something in in the bottle, and that's why mm. Kurt Russell chuckles when Childs drinks it because he doesn't know he's like pretending to be human. But Kurt Russell yeah. was about to take a swig before Childs walked up, so I don't buy that either. No, it's fun, and we saw this movie in the theater together. Um, uh, a couple years ago. Uh, in fact, I think it was right before COVID started in 2020. And then you saw it in the theater with your dad uh, for Father's yeah, Day. Yeah, or think. for the 40th anniversary. It was, it was 40th my dad. It also happened to coincide with my dad's birthday. There you go. And so uh, you've seen it in the theater. And in the theater, you kind of can notice more because it's so much bigger. But David, you're right. Uh, one of the theories is that Childs is actually a thing, which I can, I can kind of buy. I don't mm-hmm. know if I buy for the right reasons, but I can kind of like buy that. He is the thing. And Kurt Russell laughs, not because he drank gasoline, but because he's like, if he's the thing, I'm I'm fucked. fucked. If he's not the thing, I'm still fucked. Another theory is that Mac is the thing and has been the thing this whole time. And then he was sabotaging it so that he could go to sleep. Well, let me posit this little situation to you. Okay. The thing is an alien life form that is only caring about its own survival. Right. And so it does everything it can possibly do to survive. At the beginning of the movie, there, there is some holes in this, okay? Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, the dog runs up and licks Bennings on the face. Mm-hmm. Later on in the movie, Fuchs says, it can travel through any means. We should start just cooking yeah, eating out of cans. Food. Yeah, and preparing and our own out meals. Of cans. And don't be sharing drinks. The dog licks Bennings. And then after Bennings gets shot, Mac hands Bennings the bottle, his drink. The bottle, the j Yeah, he takes a swig takes a swig and then later on mac is drinking that same bottle of gmb then when blair gets locked up blair is not the thing but mac hands him vodka and mac takes a drink of it before and he sets it down and then blair drinks from that Mm. same vodka so mac is doing all this stuff to gain people's trust and to assimilate with them the other the other part of this theory is that um at the beginning when mac is playing chess he kind of like it's what is chess a game about? It's oh, about yeah. sacrificing sacrificing pawns, pawns to save thinking, the queen and thinking multiple steps ahead. Yeah, so that's Mac, and he's not Mac anymore. He's an alien, but he's sacrificing all these different pawns. One of those pawns being Palmer. Palmer 
became an alien, not from Mac, but from the body that came from the Norwegian camp. So there's like these two separate things going on. The one that came from the dog and the one that came from the camp. Now you could say, well, that's how Bennings gets infected, right? Yeah. Because the other thing too is like, well, then if Mac was infected before any of this happened, like how and when? Because he, Mac is doing Bennings. the chess thing before. Yeah, but Mac's playing chess before the dog arrives. No, but that's setting up. That's a. That's just part of the movie. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. I'm not saying that yeah, he wasn't a thing there. Okay. No, he wasn't I, a I got thing you. at that I got point. You now. That's just a theme of the but how movie. How does he pass the blood test? Well, he has. He was the one who had the keys, and he somehow. Well, he picked up the keys, yeah. and he somehow got the blood, and he got good blood. And he was able to sometimes, because we never see him cut his finger That's and drop right. it into the thing. He just squirts a little in there. Yep. Head up his sleeve. And instead of just, instead of just him squirting it live in front of everybody and doing it, and he's just continually gaining trust. So he could have been the one that killed Fuchs also. Could have been. Because Fuchs started figuring shit out. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I like about this movie is like you have all you can have all these theories because it's so ambiguous. It makes it fun to yeah. talk about. I still yeah. like. I'm not saying I believe it. No, I think <laughs> I still follow like the pretty straightforward narrative of yeah, they were both un uninfected and frozen death. That's the third theory, and then the fourth thing that I wanted to bring up that people have sometimes used this movie as a metaphor for the AIDS epidemic of the '80s. Mm. And how, and, and actually the most recent uh, uh, season of American Horror Story touches on this, but how everybody's super paranoid about everybody else and they all think that they're going to get infected. And so they're all like, you're, you've got it and you've right. got it and you've got it. And during the AIDS epidemic in the eighties, I think that's the way a lot of people felt, not just in the gay community, but in the whole country as a whole. I remember growing the, up the in the scares thinking, yeah, and the paranoia thinking how scared I was. Yeah. And not knowing anything. And about in the it. early days, like also like not knowing exactly how it's transmitted and everything. And then you get all these weird theories like, Oh, you can sit on a toilet seat and get it. Like, no, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work exactly. that way. So I don't know if that was intentional or if it was just coincidental, probably just coincidental and the time period that it came out. But you can look at it from that mm -hmm. lens and see that it could be a, a, a metaphor for that. Interesting. So that's it. That's all I got for the thing. There was a lot of stuff. <laughs> Short episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of our favorite movies and you can tell that we both really love it. And I know David has kind of... Uh, helped spawn the love of the thing uh, it's rubbed off from him onto me and i hope that anybody who's listening to this or watching this if you haven't watched the thing or if you don't appreciate it i think you can go back and look at it or watch it for the first time you know how it ends i mean fuck who gives a fuck the movie <laughs> came out 40 years ago but you know how it ends but i know how it ends and i've seen the movie dozens of times david knows how it ends we've already talked about how we watch it multiple times per year and i think even if you know how it ends, you can watch it and appreciate the filmmaking, mm -hmm. the acting, everything that go that went into this movie and, and the love that they had for it. And I think John Carpenter said in the interview, I think with you, yeah, I'm not sure. It's his favorite movie of his own. It's yeah. the favorite movie of his. And it was the most fun for him to make. Yeah. And I think of the John Carpenter films, it is his best made movie. Visually. Agreed. It's the best uh, made movie. It might not be my favorite John Carpenter movie, but it's definitely... It's definitely one. I mean, like it's like picking your favorite child. Exactly. Like he's got several amazing movies. Yeah. So, if you have any thoughts on the thing, if you're like, "Hey guys, 
talk about shit movies again. Tune in next week. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, if you have any thoughts on anything else? You can contact us. How can they contact us, David? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, the Slasher app, TikTok, uh, Hive. Uh, search the Swearwolves on the, all those platforms. On uh, Instagram, we're the Swearwolves podcast. We have the, Swear, the Swearwolves YouTube channel. You can go to our website, theswearwolves.com. You can email us at contact at theswearwolves.com. Uh, or you can leave us a voicemail at 623-282-1851. So for the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. And also, I want to wish everybody out there a very happy new year. Happy new year! Spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch!